everyone, welcome to Smart Boss Social Minds Podcast. It is Sunday the 24th of May and it is episode 16. In today's episode, we discuss the life of a freelancer and um, how freelancers have been coping during the COVID-19 crisis and what you can do as a freelancer or a business owner um, to overcome obstacles you may be facing. Um, Please feel free to share, like and comment on this podcast. Um, Share it to your network or anyone that you think may benefit from from this information. I'd really, really appreciate it. And I hope you guys are having a great day wherever you are. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Smart Bus Social Minds Podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today. Her name is Jenny Stallard and she is a freelance uh, journalist and writer who has worked for popular women's magazines, national newspapers and digital agencies. Um, and in 2019, she set up something called Freelance Feels, which I'm very excited about uh, for her to explain a little bit more about that. So welcome to the podcast, Jenny. It's lovely to have you here. How are you? Thanks so much. I'm very well. Thanks. As we chat, it's boiling hot outside and I've got a date with the garden later. So (laughs) all is well today. All is well. Yes. Yeah. The weather's beautiful here today. Lovely. So as I mentioned, um, you set up something called Freelance Bills. You are a journalist and a writer. Do you want to explain a little bit more about kind of your backstory, how you got into what you are currently doing and yeah, a little bit more about why you set up Freelance Bills and uh, kind of what its purpose is? Certainly. So yeah, it launched, like you said, in June 2019. So it's coming up to the first birthday, which is quite exciting. We'll get some uh, some memes going or something. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd been, it actually began in March 2019. And I was having a really difficult time with freelancing. I was feeling really depressed about it. I was struggling. Um, sort of work was challenging. And by that, I mean, there wasn't a lot of work. So I was really struggling to get commissions. I was getting a lot of what my friends and I call professional ghosting, where I was sending out pitches, complete silence. So I could spend days sending pitches out and not even get a no. So it's really, that was really demoralizing. Um, I do quite a lot of in-house work as a journalist, and there was just no in-house work about at that time, which was very alien to me. So there's a real challenge of even thinking like, what is my business anymore? Like, I felt like if you sort of think of feast and famine, I felt like I was in like the Gobi desert of feast and famine. And it was just, there was nothing. There was, there wasn't even a tumbleweed of work opportunity. And, and it really got to me because I was then thinking, well, am I a complete failure as a freelancer? That's how I started to feel because I could see other people on groups saying, oh, I wrote this or on Twitter, look at my new article. And I think mm, I'm doing with, with not for the want of trying. I wasn't doing anything really to do with journalism at that point. Um, Thankfully, some copywriting came my way through a very old friend who I used to work with on a magazine back in about 2005. And that kind of gave me a little bit of a boost and a bit of clarity to to look to the future. And But yeah, out of that, I just started writing about the feelings of, yeah, just feeling really rubbish as a freelancer. And that was the beginnings of Freelance Feels. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, exactly what is Freelance Feels? Is it like a, is it a group or is it um, kind of like a support group? Like what, um, you know, well, what kind of people are in Freelance Feels and what do you do to support them? So, yeah, I, I guess I'd call it a community, I suppose. I often describe it as a platform as well, because I began putting lots of things on Instagram and thinking maybe this would be the right 
it suits it as a social media platform because there's, there's a lot of visual stuff. I have a cactus as my symbol. Um, my little thing is that cacti like freelancers because they can survive tough conditions, but they still need love and water. I love that. So I started playing around with cacti using Canva. If anyone doesn't use Canva, have a look, I'd say it's great for designing. Yeah, I love Canva. Um, and Instagram really clicked with it. And that's where I found the most community, interestingly, more than Facebook. Um, but then through the blog as well and people liking the blog and sharing and then I started a newsletter this January as well, which has really given me a lot of feedback from people because they'll reply to it and they, they'll literally reply and say, thank you for writing this. I was feeling this way. I'm glad I'm not alone. And you see, whoa. And it's all sorts of people, not even just creative freelancers. Um, I was chatting to someone who's a freelance vet the other day. And I'm actually going to have her on my podcast because I started a podcast for freelance fields as well. Because I thought, oh, God, what, how do you work as a freelance vet? What's that like? You yeah. know? So there's, there's quite, there's a lot of creators, quite a lot of journalists tap into it because I think they relate to me talking about my job, but it is for anybody. It's for anyone that considers themselves self-employed, anyone who has a side hustle, anything that might consider freelance, you're welcome at Freelance Fields. Wow, that is amazing. So, you know, towards the end, we will uh, get all the information on how people can kind of follow that and get involved if they want to. Um, so apart from uh, challenges, when you, you talk about kind of, you know, work drying up and really hard to get freelance mm -hmm. work currently, um, what other challenges um, do you kind of discuss in freelance fields? What other challenges do a lot of freelancers face? Oh, so many things. I think... I mean, especially at the moment, we're chatting in May, aren't we? And it's sort of, you know, lockdown sort of isn't, isn't easing from coronavirus. But I just think there's so many things that challenge us that then we have to put aside the way that that makes us feel because the challenge is a practical challenge. So, for example, finances, um, getting new clients, even where we work, setting up a home office or um, finding a working co-working space. So all those things are the practical things, which are huge challenges, you know, juggling our day, whether we should put the out of office on. And then I think each of those challenges almost comes with a little, like imagine they're like motorbikes. I'm going down a weird analogy route here. <laughs> but if they're motorbikes and the little sidecar is all the feels of it. So, you know, the challenge is your tax return, but then it's also how you feel about your tax return. So I know mine's ready to start if I want to, and I keep putting it off. And then I feel like I'm naughty in inverted commas or lazy because, well, why don't I just get it done? And, but yeah, so the feels of that and then the feels of sort of finding a workspace, you know, you're then, then you're the new person at work almost and will you fit in and do you bring your own mug? All those, all those little things that then come with finding a co-working space. So yeah, I think there's a lot of challenges that we're facing. The biggest at the moment, I'm sure, is, is finding clients, keeping clients and financial stuff, which is just big anyway. But right now it's a huge juggle for people to kind of be balancing the books and trying to get government loans and all that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And since you kind of, um, you know, dived into that a bit deeper now, I realise why you called it Freelance Feels, which is a great name for it. All the feels, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Someone did joke to me and say, it's not like a remote massage service. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I don't just go around, you know, like I could go around hugging people if I was allowed, but not at the moment. <laughs> that would be a great name, but it's already taken. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's amazing. Um, so obviously, you know, you, you focus a lot on the emotional side of what it is to be a freelancer. Hmm. And obviously that kind of goes into 
the mental side of things like and mental health and I know that's an area that you are currently focused on and an area that you really do focus on for freelance fields so um you know do you want to since it's you know mental health awareness week do you want to talk about the mental health side of things in freelance fields maybe what you've come across and and what you plan on kind of um shedding light on yeah very much so yeah i mean the theme of mental health awareness week is kindness and that really strikes me for freelancers because i just think we're not kind to ourselves as free i mean i'm a great example you know i it's to call like back in march and, and april and may last year i was like calling myself oh i'm a failure i mean you'd never say that to a friend in a million years would you You'd never say, oh, yeah, your work's slow. It's such a failure. Yeah, your work life's in a bit of a drought at the moment. Yeah, everything you've done before counts for nothing. But we're, like, so mean to ourselves sometimes. And it's a real sort of challenge, I think, as a freelancer, because you're your own cheerleader, as everybody says, aren't you? You're your own, you know, you've got to pat yourself on the back if you get that email saying, yay, work. And you're on your own. You're like, oh, yay, work. Well done, me. Oh, um. yeah. <laughs> you're like, a friend. But yeah for me mental health as a freelancer is I think something that we put to one side and even practical self-care you know there's this sort of I think there's this myth for people that are in staff jobs or, or kind of long-term positions that freelancing and self-employment is this real holy grail of you know well I go on holiday when I want and I have coffee when I want and I just mix around from one coffee shop to the next. Woohoo. And I've got three dogs and I walk them at 3 PM and actually freelancers just, we never turn off. You know, most of the people on those dog walks have got their phone with them to check their emails or they set their out of office and then worry that they're going to offend the client by being out of office. And we almost carry it around like an extra little sort of thought bubble above our heads, all of this stuff. And yeah, because we haven't got an office, I suppose, to most of us haven't got someone to turn around and go, oh my God, look at this email, or oh, this client's really annoyed me. It then, it then kind of breeds. It's like a, well, it can be a bit like a kind of a nasty virus, to, to use a current theme, where it festers and it can fester too much because we're in our own heads, we're in our own echo chambers of self-judgment and we're setting our own goals. And then, oh, if you haven't done everything on the to-do list, have you let yourself down? And all that kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of this comes up with, with podcast guests who sort of say, even people who I've got on, you know, pedestals as people in the freelance world, and they all just say to me, yeah, I feel like that too. Yeah, I judge myself all the time. Yeah, look, so someone who's a really best-selling self-help author that I might have talked to, they're like, but why aren't I Brené Brown? Like, everyone's got their next thing. Like, Joe Wicks is probably like, well, why aren't I? I don't know. It's probably the pinnacle, to be honest. But, you know, someone like that might be looking at so-and-so over in America who's doing even more YouTube hits. Like, well, are they doing better than me? Am I doing things right? There's always that comparison, whoever you are. And it's, it takes its toll on you mentally, I think. Absolutely. I completely identify with that because we mm -hmm. often think, um, you know, if someone is a freelancer or if they're working for themselves, then they've got all their, their ish together. You know what I mean? They've got everything yeah. together and <clears throat> everything's going right for them. And, and, you know, majority of the time it's the complete opposite because, as you said, yeah. we lot of responsibilities we are our own cheerleaders and mm. we don't have a place to deposit all of these thoughts and all of these feelings so um you know setting up something like freelance fields is absolutely genius and um i oh. really really love 
what you're doing and, and the passion Thank for you. it. So well done. Um, <laughs> so obviously, um, you know, entrepreneurship, we've already discussed it, comes with a lot mm. of, um, you know, challenges and, you know, not just being a, a freelancer in general. Let's talk about your journey of being an entrepreneur and setting up freelance skills and not even that, just, you know, becoming a freelance journalist and writer as well. There's obviously struggles and challenges that you've um, faced and overcome and there may be some that you are currently working on right now do you want to just sure. discuss a few of those maybe how you, you know the struggles you face when setting up freelance fields or even just becoming a journalist um just to kind of shed some light on you know if anyone did want to kind of get into the industry that you're in mm. or um is currently going through struggles so they can identify with those very much so yeah i mean for me freelancing is something I always say I've dated it and now we're serious. So I worked in magazines. I worked in a local paper for a few years and I went into magazines and then I went freelance. I think the first time was around 2005. And back then the in-house work, which is shifts. So for people that aren't familiar with shifts in the industry, it's sort of like freelance temping. You sometimes go in for like sometimes a day or an overnight shift, or it can be all the way through to a week or a three month shift contract. Um, and you fill out a time sheet, just like when you, when I used to do reception work for, read <laughs> when I was at college so it's like temping and, and that was really prolific so I would just do back-to-back -back shifts so it was almost like actually I didn't really go completely self-employed even though I was because I was always in-house somewhere and then I got lured into a staff job on a pregnancy magazine funnily enough pregnancy and parenting magazine um was there for a couple of years and then I went freelance again got lured into a job at Metro newspaper which was brilliant so much fun um, and then in April 2017, I got made redundant, which was a bit of that double-edged sword that everyone talks about where obviously you don't want it to happen. It's really sort of emotional and all of that. But actually, it was what needed to happen because I'd done everything I could do there. And I, I really wanted to work more in digital stuff. And I needed to, you know, get pushed into making that leap. So now I'm like, yes, me and freelancing are for keeps. We're going steady. No, no more of this staff job luring me back. Yeah. Not that there are any around at the moment, I don't think anyway. But yeah, so I would sort of say that I, I think I've built up to being in inverted commas properly freelance over the years by always doing something on the side of another job. So I might have been on shifts at Bella magazine for six weeks, but then I might have been writing an article for a newspaper at the weekend that I'd pitched them. So I was sort of building up and that would probably be my best piece of advice is Someone's in a staff job, you're allowed to, if your contract allows you, do some freelancing on the side, sell some articles to people, get, get your portfolio going, think about building a personal website to showcase all of that. Um, and if you are freelance, yeah, I guess, I think one of the things people talk about a lot is finding your niche. So there's a lot of people like me who call themselves a lifestyle journalist, but then within that someone might be a homes journalist or a parenting journalist or they might write more about the environment for example or, or sustainability and that kind of thing so it's I think it's quite important to start finding a niche um so yeah it's kind of been a bit up and down in terms of finding my freelance balance peppered with jobs um I would recommend if people are interested in it to do shifts if you leave a staff job you can try and get shifts sort of bridge that gap rather than just going full cold turkey freelance overnight build things up definitely so to answer the question i got a bit lost there did i oh, no, no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah and um, i was just asking you about your biggest struggle um and and yours was i guess you were you weren't sure if, if you should do journalism full-time or whether yeah. you 
what you were doing. So yeah. almost like you were dipping your toes in the water, which mm. is a very smart approach because as you said, you know, freelancing is not easy. It's not like we are becoming florists and we open a shop and we know that we're going to get customers because flowers, you know, sell all the time kind of thing. Yeah. Um, freelance journalism, journalism is, is quite complicated. So, mm. um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's great advice for, um, for anyone thinking about it to kind of start doing it on the side and really discover their niche and what they're good at and, and then decide from there whether they want to kind of pursue it full time. Um, yes. So obviously the nation has been in lockdown for quite some time um, and we've seen on the news and, you know, various media outlets that the economy has obviously suffered a bit um, and people's businesses have suffered, um, but that's not for everyone. Um, I mean, Amazon on the other flip side, yeah. <laughs> well, as is Facebook, which I heard the other day as well. Um, so what about your business as, um, <clears throat> first of all, a journalist and a writer, and then your uh, your business as, um, you know, the, the creator of freelance skills, how has both of those business either flourished or suffered during lockdown? Oh, it's quite a juxtaposition. I would say as a journalist, things have been pretty terrible. I'll be honest, there's no point sugarcoating that because I think if journalists are listening, they'll be like, oh, thanks for admitting it because, you know, it's, it's again, we all think everyone else is succeeding or, or managing. There are few commissions available right now a lot of stuff is being done in-house can i sorry interrupt mm, sorry yes. is there's just less activity going on do you think or is, is that what it is or i think it's budgets because there's less advertising because people are buying fewer papers and magazines because they're not going to the shop because obviously we're not supposed to go to the shop unless it's essential um because they're not buying them the advertisers aren't um advertising in them Okay. therefore the budget isn't there so they're cutting back on the budget because they know the advertising revenue isn't coming in yeah so people who if they want to relate to that as well watch the adverts during your favorite itv show or channel 4 show next time and notice how the adverts have changed there are no holiday adverts there are no um actually they're coming back for supermarkets because they're all like yes you can come in again but yeah. it, it's changed and, and it's the same in print i think people aren't advertising things as much so the revenue like, is going if you down. had like a, a niche which was in travel then obviously mm. it was really really bad but yeah in general travel. journalism is not doing very well at the moment mm, yeah I think there's a lot of and there's a lot of competition there's so many people that are freelance and they're all jumping on I am I, um, co-admin a, a Facebook group called freelance media women and if a journalist on their staff journalist posts and says I'm looking for someone to write or appear on like say good morning good morning this morning so they're looking for someone to appear on this morning um people just pile on because everyone's like me 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 oh my god oh my god pay me to do it help please so yeah journalism is i mean it's not that different to how it was before it was always very challenging there was always a lot of freelance journalists compared to the amount of commissions so that's not 100 percent new but i think it's exacerbated by the current situation um, normally there might be sabbatical or maternity cover on shift that is not available really at the moment because lots of people on magazines are either furloughed or cutting back hours themselves so they're not going to get freelance cover so that's tricky um, but the flip side is that it's given me loads more time to think about freelance fields and where I want that to go and for some months now I've been thinking this is this is what I want to run as my business I would like to train as a business after life coach run webinars, you know, that kind of thing, grow the business and make freelance fields my main business, writing as a side product. I've been able to do that in lockdown because 
I just think, well, I've got this time and I'm not getting the commissions right. I, I, I should go for it and kind of start to think about that. So that's been really productive. Um, and you've probably found this as well. Podcasting has been more productive because people you want to talk to are at home. So they're available for chats. <laughs> and so I'm like emailing all my fate, my like wish list of, um, of people who I'm like, I would love to think, well, all the celebs are at home. Why yeah. not approach them? Who knows? Um, so yeah, it's been fun. expert at Zoom right now, aren't they? Whereas people before, they didn't even know how to kind of download the app and get on yeah. expert now. So. But they've stolen our... A thing <laughs> I know. really protective don't you just like oh these zoom belong to us <laughs> yeah and like people don't understand like how we're like totally fine with lockdown because we, we spend all our time at home anyway like yes. online yeah my brain is lent to you know I don't get up in the morning if I don't have a commission I think what shall I do today because there's loads of things I can crack on with loads of bits of admin or faffing about on Facebook groups pretending I'm doing research for something <laughs> I love it. Um, so, I mean, obviously your, your journal, journalist, um, you know, side of things has, you know, taken a little bit of a blow, but mm. I hope that life will resume uh, back to normal pretty soon and you can start getting jobs again. But I'm so happy that Freelance Girls has, you know, had the time, you've had the time to kind of focus in on that. So that's, that's Thank you. Yeah, it's funny, these little silver linings, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I hope other people have had the same thing, even if it's not going to be a money spinner straight away, they might think, yeah, do you know what? That little thing that's just been germinating, that little seed of an idea, maybe it's had the space to grow. I really hope that for people. Even yeah. if it's something that you then put away for six months because work does pick up again. Yeah. I, re I really hope this does have that level of productivity for people. I hope yeah. so. That's definitely the silver lining of quarantine and lockdown. Mm. So talking about silver linings, obviously mm. we've had your struggles. We all have our struggles as entrepreneurs and even just as general employees anyway. If you know anyone's listening is not an entrepreneur, we all go through struggles with work. Sure. But there are, you know, you know, upsides to being an entrepreneur. And um, yeah, I just want to hear a little bit more about kind of why you um, decided you know like the the plus side of things is it because you wanted more freedom what do you find is that the upsides of being an entrepreneur and being in charge of your own time your own destiny it is that thing isn't it like I know people like we said old people do see it as a holy grail well it is a bit I mean yeah I, I do choose how and where I spend my day and if I do feel like or if I need an afternoon off for something I need something serious like people who have medical appointments like you don't want to ask the boss all the time I mean, you know, even as extreme as someone who perhaps might be wanting to begin IVF, for example, if you're freelance, yeah, you can, you can say, okay, I'll allocate those days to go and talk to doctors. There's real flexibility with that. Yes, you're going to have to pick that work up at another time. So you might find yourself hunkering down at the weekend, but not having to ask someone's permission for time off or time to go somewhere or to have an afternoon where you're like, Do you know what, I'm just not feeling it today. That is gold dust, definitely. Um, yeah, and it's amazing to think that I can make my business what I want. So often I think, I think of people in staff jobs and I get envious because I know that they can have training. So I know if I was in a staff job, I could probably try and see if there was perhaps some stage one life coach training I could do and, and get it on the company. And you'd be like, oh, great. Yeah, I'll tap into that while I'm at this big agency. Whoopee, you know, they've got a well-being coach that I can have mentor sessions with. But at the same time, that would then be led by what that program was. Whereas I can do things my own way. I can choose exactly who I want to train with rather than having to go with the company's way. Um, yeah, and I just think you can start new things. Like when I started the newsletter, it was just over Christmas and I was like, oh, these newsletters look like they're taking off. I'm going to do one. 
-hmm. And then, so I just, I didn't have to ask my boss if the platform was allowed to host a newsletter because I was just like, well, I'll I'll do it because I want to do it and I can write what I like. My sister edits it for me. She's not a journalist, she's a teacher. And she's now my editor of the newsletter because someone that isn't a journalist, this is something I'd recommend actually. If you want a second eye on your work, I don't think a journalist is always the best person for art. Ask someone who can like... A teacher. Yeah, because she can look at it as... And she sent me back, I gave her a printout once we were together and she sat and read it and it had all these ticks down the side. And I was like, you've literally marked my work. But it was really helpful. But yeah, so I, I would encourage people to follow newsletters and try and start one if, if you're maybe someone who's has got a bit of time on your hands and it might suit your business to do a newsletter I think they're a great way of getting your message out there because probably more than a blog these days to be honest and it's really amazing when people subscribe you feel really needed and liked which is really helpful for your mental health you're like oh look people are following my newsletter feels so good um yeah so I think there's lots of upsides in that respect and also yeah, just being able to be me, not having to think about what everybody else in the company thinks. I know we think about what everyone else in the freelance world thinks, but yeah, just kind of finding my own little path and building a business is very exciting. And if you feel the same, you probably do with, oh, with what you're doing as well. Yeah, it's definitely a balance because you kind of discussed the balance of, you know, the upsides of being in an office. You can dip into the training but then it's not necessarily the training that you might specifically Mm, want Um, so it's about having freedom of choice freedom of movement and all that good stuff and that's exactly why I don't like being told what to do I have a bit of a problem with it actually so So, yeah that's definitely an upside um so yeah I mean you are doing absolutely amazing things as you mentioned actually I'm just going to touch on what you said there you've actually convinced me that I need to start a newsletter I've been putting such a long time it's so so easy and you'll love it you'll get so into it I promise yeah Yeah, I mean you compared it to like a blog because a blog you can't really subscribe to a blog it's only Mm. in the time if they decide to read it which most of the time it's something that they would put off but if it's a newsletter and it goes into the inbox they're more likely to sit and read it which makes sense um so yeah you've inspired me to possibly start (laughs) on my to-do list of the other hundred things I want to do (laughs) I look forward to reading it I will be subscribing oh brilliant um yeah I mean you are doing absolutely amazing things you mentioned you have a podcast do you want to kind of a little bit discuss about that and how people can uh, listen to that as well because that sounds exciting yeah so the podcast is um available on spotify podbean and apple podcasts at the moment so if you search on any of those for freelance feels you should hopefully find it the logo is the cactus it's like a little cartoon cactus with a microphone that I had somebody brought um, illustrate for me. I hope you should see it. it's quite bright and green. Um, and yeah, I just chat every so often to freelance creatives and different people about their, their ups and downs as a freelancer. And then if you wanted to follow on Twitter or Instagram, it's at freelance underscore feels. Um, I'd say probably Instagram more for daily updates and fun things on stories and little thoughts from me. Twitter is a bit more I'll put up links to the newsletter and that kind of thing. Um, The newsletter is on Substack. So it's freelancefeels.substack.com and the website is freelancefeels.com. Wow, it sounds amazing. I'll definitely uh, tap into all of those. Um, Just by speaking to you, I can pick up your energy and I know that you've got some amazing things to say. So I'm looking forward to following all of that. And Jenny, thank you so much for sharing your experience and and everything with us today. Um, It was an absolute pleasure to have you on and um, looking forward to kind of keeping up with what you're doing. And I wish you the best for the rest of this year. Let's hope it can turn around and, you know, leave the year with a bang. And I wish you the best of luck with all the things that you aspire to do. 
thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye.